0: open our bibles please to the book of galatians chapter one and i'm going to read verse one and verse two to start off with tonight Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 2 and of course we want to pray and ask the blessing of our Lord on the reading of his word here tonight. Father in the name of Jesus we thank you God for everyone that's here tonight. We thank you for those that are online Lord Jesus joining us. We pray right now God that your spirit would begin to just touch each and every individual Lord God that's listening right now. We know there's a lot of stuff going on right now that can distract us but help us to make you the priority of our hearts and of our lives right now, Lord God, that we would set everything aside, Lord Jesus, so that we will honor you. Bless the reading of your word. And again, I ask for your help as your servant, as you have allowed me, Lord God, the privilege of of being able to stand up here and share from the Bible. What What a glorious thing, Lord. But we need your help both to speak it and to listen to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Very good. This is uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, and the Bible says this. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia. Now, we actually addressed verse 2 last week and verse 2 tells us that this letter written by the Apostle Paul was not written to a single city or to a single group of people, but to a group of churches that were meeting in a variety of cities in the large geographic area of Galatia. And we showed you a map of the state or of the region of galatia last week and we learned that galatia was one of many regions or states that made up the powerful roman empire in the days of the early church so if we can just show that map really quickly okay this is again where you see the entire roman empire and in order for the caesars to control all the territories that they owned they divided each section in sections into states or regions and they would set up senators and governors and they would all report to the caesars one of those the one that is in red is the state or the region of galatia which is what we're referring to here and we know that there were at least four churches in the state uh, or region of galatia and i want to show map number two and in map number two now it focuses on the state of galatia and there you see the city of Antioch and then you see Lystra then you see Iconium and there you see Derbe so there's at least four churches there we know that there were more but the at least four churches that we know of that were located in the state or region of Galatia and by the way that uh, area where it says Galatia and you see Antioch that's actually Pisidian Antioch and if you notice south uh you'll see another antioch that is where the christians would meet that is where the apostle paul uh started his first missionary journey from so there's actually two antiochs one in the south area and one in the region of galatia i also want to point out the city of tarsus tarsus is a city that the apostle paul was from and notice that it's there in the southern part of the nation of turkey okay So I just wanted to point those out because we're going to be referring especially to Tarsus. And when we see Antioch, I don't want you to get mixed up with the two Antiochs, one in Galatia and one in the south there, the south of Turkey. All right. So remember we read from the book of Acts chapter 14 verse 8 that it was in Lystra, which is in the state of Galatia, that our Lord Jesus used the Apostle Paul and Barnabas to heal a man that had been lame from birth. How many of you would agree that someone being healed of being lame uh, or handicapped, unable to move from birth. How many of you would agree that that's a big deal? Can you say amen? I mean, man, when people heard about that, it got crazy. It started going on. The church started to grow. People started getting curious. They wanted to know about Jesus, who is this one that they call Jesus. And and, and he was able to uh, heal uh, this guy that was lame from his mother. I mean, that's a big deal. And it caught their attention. And man, the church started to grow in abundance there. And we read, in acts chapter 14 verses 1 through 3 that in iconium which is also in galatia paul and barnabas were anointed by god to perform signs and wonders let me read that scripture in acts chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 it says this at iconium paul and barnabas went as usual into the jewish synagogue there they spoke so effectively that a great number of jews and greeks believed "...but the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers." So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Let me tell you, when signs and wonders accompany the preaching of the Word of God, that is a very powerful anointing of God's Spirit. And I mean, from my heart, I wish we could see more of that today. Uh, how many of you would agree that we need for that to happen today? Can you say amen? Let's pray that God will anoint. anoint someone in our church with a gift of healing, with a gift of prophecy, with a gift of miracles and signs and wonders, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need it today more than ever before. Can you say amen, church? But this is what was going on. And because of this, the churches were growing, and they were multiplying throughout the region of Galatia. And from here, the gospel spread to many other cities in the state of Galatia. So this letter is unique, as we mentioned last week. Because it is addressed to the churches in the entire state or region of Galatia. Where the other letters in the Bible were addressed to specific cities and to specific churches. The letter to the Corinthians was written to the church in the city Of Corinth. The letter to the Romans was written to the church in the city of Rome. The letter to the Ephesians was written to the church in the city of Ephesus. The letter to the Philippians was written to the church in the city of Philippi. The letter to the Thessalonians was written to the church in the city of Thessalonica. The letter to the Colossians was written to the church in the city of Colossae. But the letter to the Galatians was written to the churches in the state of Galatia, part of the entire Roman Empire. And this is exactly what it says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 2. Let's read Galatians 1, verse 1 and verse 2, but focus on verse 2 as we move on. It says, Paul an apostle sent not from man, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. And now, I know that we're kind of working our way backwards, but I want to focus now on verse number one. Galatians chapter one, verse one says this, Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. Okay, And as I said last week, these words in verse 1, are very they're, they're very strong. They're very powerful. This statement made by the Apostle Paul, in my opinion, is very amazing. Verse 1 tells us that the Apostle Paul was not sent out by men or by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Is this a true statement, church? Would you say that this is a true statement? You better believe it is. We're going to prove it right now. Okay? Acts chapter 9 explains to us when the Apostle Paul was called into the ministry. And I want to read there in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. Listen to what it says here. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. And we're focusing on, was the Apostle Paul sent out into the ministry by Christ and God the Father himself or by man or by himself? It says this in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. It says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats now Saul was the name of the apostle Paul before he was saved and before he became a Christian and before he became an apostle okay so when it says the name Saul here it's really talking about the apostle Paul before he was saved and it says this meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples he went to the high priest The Lord called him to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man. And all the harm he has done to your people, to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord... Here's verse 15. This is the key. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. Now Gentiles are non-Jewish people. And up to this point... It was only Jewish people that were getting saved, no non-Jewish people, which are called Gentiles, only Jewish people. But listen to what God says here. He says, my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, those that are not Jews, and their kings. That means the leaders of all the nations of the world that were not Jewish, and to the people of Israel will never forget about Israel. How many of you know that God loves Israel? Amen. That's why we have the Israeli flag here. That's why we pray for the Jewish people. That's why we pray for Israel and their leaders because they're very special to God. Everyone is, but more the Israelites, the Israelis. So, from the statement found in Acts chapter 9 verse 15, the apostle Paul sp- is speaking the truth when he des- declares to the Galatians that he was sent By Jesus Christ to them. Yes, he is speaking the truth. Paul going to Galatia is part of God's plan for Paul's life. Paul was sent to Galatia by God. You know that God has a plan for you. The Bible says he who began a good work in you will complete it. Whatever God started in you, he makes a commitment to you personally that he's going to finish it. And now let's go to Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 3. It says here in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Now in the church at Antioch, and that was the Antioch that we saw on the map in the lower section of Turkey, okay? Not the one in Galatia, but the one in the lower part of Turkey. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Saul is the apostle Paul, remember. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, listen to this. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Church, did the Holy Spirit personally call out to Saul and say, I want you, Saul. I have chosen you, Saul, to go out and to begin to preach and to minister in my name. Did the Holy Spirit definitely call Saul out right there? Amen. Amen. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So again, the Bible tells us that God, through the Holy Spirit, instructed Barnabas and Saul, who we know as the Apostle Paul, to go on their first missionary journey and part of that first missionary journey was what to go into galatia specifically to those four cities and god did those miracles and all kinds of powerful things happened, and the churches got started there and it was all because god personally sent the apostle paul into those cities and into the region of galatia and and we see the Pisidian Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe. All four of these cities are in Galatia. And that's where the Holy Spirit sent them. So we know that God definitely sent the Apostle Paul. So when the Apostle Paul makes this statement in verse 1, he is not trying to exaggerate. He is not trying to impress anyone. He's not trying to be arrogant. He's not trying to be prideful. He is stating a fact. Galatians 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised them from the dead. Do you know something, church? Do you know that however you got saved, I don't know how you got saved. If we took some time right now to have every one of you get up here and give us your testimony about how you met Jesus, about how you got saved, I want you to know something. In the same way that the Holy Spirit sent the Apostle Paul into Galatia, into those four cities, guess what? God sent someone your way. God sent someone your way to reach you right where you were at, wherever you were at, whatever you were doing. Somehow, someway, God cared enough about you that he sent someone through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and he sent them to you and the gospel touched your heart and it made sense to you and you responded and you got saved. And how many of you can thank God for your salvation and God's mercy on you? Can you say amen? Just think about what it took, the orchestrated events that took place for God to make sure that someone sent someone your way so that you could get saved. Right now, those of you that are listening, it's not by accident that you're listening. God allowed you to somehow tune in to this site and now you're listening to this guy preaching that you don't even know who I am. It doesn't matter who I am, but God made it possible for you to hear this message because God cares about you and God loves you and God doesn't want you to go to hell and he wants to change your life and he wants to change the direction that you're going and he doesn't want you all messed up and all tore up and all confused and in the dark place. He wants to rescue you out of that pit. He wants to take you out of that that mess and he wants to give you a brand new life which is what he did for all of us here tonight it's not by accident it's not by accident it's not by just coincidence no 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 the holy spirit sent the apostle paul all the way into galatia and the holy spirit sent whoever he sent into your environment into your space to tell you about jesus and the holy spirit is continuing to do that even today church The last part of verse 1 is also important because it declares that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Paul saw the resurrected Christ. Now think about this. I know we read it, but I want you to think about what he actually experienced. Paul saw the resurrected Christ. Paul saw the glory and the brightness and the power of God. It was so powerful that it blinded him more powerful than you looking directly into the sun. That's how powerful and bright this light was that the apostle Paul saw when he saw the glorified, resurrected Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he was, it was so amazing that it knocked Paul down to the ground. And he was blind for three days. Not only that, but the Apostle Paul had the privilege of hearing the audible voice of the resurrected Jesus Christ. I mean, the just like you're hearing my voice right now, Paul heard the voice of Jesus. That's powerful. I mean, my voice is nothing but just think about hearing the voice of God himself speaking to you. He is lucky that he didn't have his eardrums blown out. Because we're talking about God speaking to you, his voice. He's lucky that that he didn't end up deaf. He ended up being blind because of what he saw. He's lucky he didn't end up deaf because of what he heard. He heard Jesus, the voice of God. Not only that, but Paul actually had a conversation with Jesus Christ. Paul responded and asked God a question. Paul said, who are you, Lord? He actually had a conversation. Paul had the nerve to talk back to God. Paul is lucky he didn't end up mute. Remember Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth, when he was told that he was going to have a son named John, and they named him John the Baptist, and you know what happened to him. He came out of that temple, and he was mute. He couldn't talk. For nine months, he couldn't talk. Paul, the apostle, was lucky that he didn't come out of there mute. The bottom line is this. Paul is lucky that he didn't end up blind and deaf and mute because he saw and heard and spoke to the resurrected, glorified Jesus. I want to read it again. I want to read that story again. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, it says this. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest And asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, the way is Christianity. It wasn't called Christianity yet. Okay? They called it the way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, here it is, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him. He heard the voice of Jesus, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I can't believe that he actually asked that question. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there, speechless, speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus for three days. He was blind and did not eat or drink anything. All I can say is this, church. Even right now, if I saw that kind of light. I just thought, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm speaking for myself. I don't know about you. I don't know how you would act. I don't know what you would do. But speaking for myself, if I saw that kind of light, that the Apostle Paul saw, and if I heard the audible voice of God, I would probably collapse from terror and want to hide underneath the nearest pew or that piano or a rock somewhere. That's what I would want to do. And silently, I would immediately just repent. I would, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Because, man, seeing Jesus, hearing Jesus, it would literally scare the hell right out of me. I mean, that will scare the hell out of anyone seeing Jesus, hearing Jesus, and I don't know how he even dared to talk to Jesus. But how many of you know that that would scare the hell out of anybody? Can you say amen, church? 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 Jesus Christ is not dead. He is alive and the Apostle Paul saw the resurrected Christ. He heard the resurrected Christ. He talked to the resurrected Christ. Why? Because Jesus is not dead. He is alive and he's alive right now, praise God. Now maybe you want it to appear before you, but I'm okay with this right here. I'm happy just with this Bible. This is all I need. I don't need to be convinced any more than this. I don't need a miracle. I mean, I don't need supernatural. I don't need any extra stuff. All I need is this. Now, if God wants to give it, praise God. If he wants to show up, praise God. If he wants to do supernatural things, praise God. But even if he doesn't, I'm going to hold on to this. And you need to hold on to this. Because many times, the majority of the times, this is all we got. The precious, glorious, powerful wonderful word of god and all these papers are flying out of it those are all prayer requests (laughs) okay oh man what a mess i made up here look at this hallelujah praise god it looks like graffiti up here all right so let me uh the apostle john he also saw the resurrected christ in revelation chapter one listen to this revelation chapter one it says this in verse 12 i turn this is john okay and he's now Having a vision of heaven, and he says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. You see, this, this would be a normal reaction to seeing Jesus. The glorified, resurrected Jesus. You just have to collapse because it's just too much. It's too overwhelming. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive. Forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Church, even though you and I may die before Jesus Christ comes, it doesn't matter. Because one day when Jesus Christ does come, our body's going to be resurrected. Can you say amen, church? Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord. And he thought he was going to die. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, it says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. High and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. See, they couldn't even, they can't even look. They're up there right now in heaven. They can't even see God. They're not even allowed to see God. It says here with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. Almighty. Church, even though we can't physically see the resurrected Christ, even though we don't hear the audible voice of of God. We have the privilege of being able to speak to God every day if we want to. Do you know what a privilege it is just to get on our knees quiet before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and have a conversation with God through prayer? What a privilege is ours to be able to do that. We have the privilege of meeting with God every day if we want to. We have the privilege of hearing God speak to us. Every day through the Word of God and through the inner voice of God's Holy Spirit if we want to. When we take time to open this book and read from this book, you have to understand this is God's Word. This is God speaking to us through His Word. And I have to take the opportunity... To go back to those two verses of scripture that we've been looking at on Sunday mornings in reference to the life of of King Josiah, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. What's going to happen when you go after God? What's going to happen when you seek after God? What's going to happen when you get hungry for God? What's going to happen when you have a desire to know God? Jeremiah 23 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17. I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. You want to get to know God? You got to go after him. You got to go after him. And he says, you'll find me. Now, if you don't take time to go after Him, if you don't take time to get on your knees and go after Him, if you don't take time to seek Him, you're still a Christian. You still love God and He still loves you. But don't get all mad when you're disconnected and you don't know what to do. If you want to know God and if you want Him to know you and get connected with you, you've got to go after Him. That's what the Bible says. You You can have intimacy with Almighty God. You can have that if you want to. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 very quickly. Let's see how much ground we can cover. Paul, an apostle. Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. Verse 3 mentioned grace and peace that comes from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone understood the word grace or the grace of God, it was the Apostle Paul. Think about this. Before the Apostle Paul became the Apostle Paul, he was known as, as Saul of Tarsus. We saw Tarsus on the map that I showed you earlier, located in the southern part of the nation of Turkey, which is today, and today In in the early church, it was located in the state or the region called Cilicia. Listen to these words in First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, how the Apostle Paul describes himself and his salvation, and notice how many times he uses the word grace. Listen to this. Now, brothers and sisters, in First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. Verse 3, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died. This is the gospel now, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised. On the third day, according to the Scriptures. This is the gospel message right there in those two verses of Scripture. And that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, He appeared to me also as to one abnormally born for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Now, this is is in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. You and I are here because of the grace of God. You and I are saved because of the grace of God. Remember, Paul was known as Saul of Tarsus. He hated Jesus. He hated the name of Jesus. He hated the people that belonged to Jesus. He hated the church. He caused terror. And he was a murderer of Christians. Listen to what Ananias tells us in Acts 9, 13 and 14. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. I mean, this guy was a terror. People were scared. After Paul got saved, listen to how the apostles in Jerusalem responded to him, joining them. In Acts chapter 9, verse 26, it says this. When he came to Jerusalem, when Paul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple think about the conversion think about the powerful conversion this guy was a jesus hater a jesus killer a jesus destroyer and all of a sudden now he's turned around and he's preaching jesus and he's talking about jesus and he's falling in love with jesus and he's crying out to jesus that's a radical transfer- transformation that is a work of the grace of god church paul himself declares how wicked and evil and full of poison and hatred he was In Acts 22, 1 through 5, it says this, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in the Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of the way to their death, arresting both men And women and throwing them into prison, as a high priest and all the council can themselves testify. I even obtained letters from them to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Here's the point, church. I cannot define for you the word grace or the grace of God, but I can certainly show you what grace or what the grace of God is. It is a power of God to make a man like Saul of Tarsus into the apostle Paul. It is a power of God to turn a teenager like me, Jerry Marino, into Pastor Jerry. It is the power of God to turn a man or woman like you sitting out here right now, or a woman or a man sitting out here right now, or you listening online, the power of God to turn you into a child of God, into a man of God into a woman of God. How can you define what God has done to us? How can we define what God has done for us? How can we put into words what God has done in us? How God has transformed us? This is the grace of God. You and I who are saved, you know who we were before. You know how we were. You know how we were living. You know what kind of lifestyle. You know what we were all about. But God intervened. God touched our hearts. God changed our lives. His grace touched us and now we belong to god that is a work of the grace of god there's no way to define that the power of god to go into the corrupt warped twisted dark evil wicked heart of a man touch that heart change it around and cause that man or that woman to love god to worship God, and to have a desire to follow God. That's the grace of God. That's not coming from me, and that's not coming from you. It's not in you, and it's not in me. It's the grace of God that is in us, working in us, that's allowing us to experience who God is. How many of you love Jesus? Can you say amen, church? Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we just bring this to a close, Lord. This introduction is so powerful. So powerful, Lord. Because it reveals to us that not only did you send the Holy Spirit to touch the Apostle Paul and you sent the Apostle Paul into Galatia to reach those souls, but Lord, Lord, You allowed the Holy Spirit to touch someone, and they came to us, and they invaded our life, and somehow we heard the gospel, and we responded, and here we are, Lord. And Father, we thank you for the power of your grace that did that miracle, transformation, powerful work in our hearts where we were lost, we were in darkness, we were evil and wicked and on our way to hell, and somehow, some way that we can't even explain or describe in words, you changed us, Lord. And now we are your children, on our way to heaven, forgiven, not by our own unrighteousness, but because of the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Christ, and it's all by the grace of God. If you're here tonight and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If that's you here tonight, lift up your hand. We are we are going to pray for you. Anyone at all says, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. And I want to do that right now. Those of you online listening right now, listen. It's not by accident that you're listening right now. I believe that the Holy Spirit allowed you to tune in. And to listen tonight, God is calling you. God is reaching out to you. He does not want you to go to hell. He does not want you confused and lost and all tore up. No, no, no. He wants to change your life. He's available. You can know God. And if you want to receive him right now, just say this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I willingly open the door to my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to come in. And take over my life. I believe that you died and you rose again for me. And that you right now are drawing me to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I respond tonight to your call on my life. Forgive me of all my sins by the blood of Jesus. Amen.